Hi everyone, I'm Jericho Mandiba and I don't know about you but this week has been rough as guts and I'm ready to do some self-care and possibly some deep soul searching, time permitting. It's not a long show. But first... The pink tax is the name for this thing we have going on in society where products marketed towards women cost a bunch more than the exact same product marketed towards men. It's across clothing, like jeans, and it's even worse for personal care items like razors and deodorants, which cost more money 56% of the time. So women and femmes pay an average of $1,351 more per year because of the pink tax. The European Wax Center are a beauty and lifestyle brand who want to help fix this on behalf of unapologetic babes everywhere. So they've started a campaign called Axe the Pink Tax to help empower women to make smarter buying decisions and spread awareness of the gender inequality behind the pink tax. Go to axethepinktax.com and there's no E on the end of Axe to learn more about how the European Wax Center is raising awareness about the pink tax and how you can help. Spelling time. It's A-X-T-H-E-P-I-N-K-T-A-X dot com for more. Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone. An inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated. Where getting real with emotions is a treat. And an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations... Weird wellness, weird, wellness. weird wellness and astrology is unabashed. 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 It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love. It's a necessary launch pad into a life that's wholly ours. Holy In a world where we feel good about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. Our hearts. Our hearts. We learn. We talk shit. Talk shit. Talk shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Self-service. Hope you're well or hope you're trying to be well. This is our 13th episode of self-service. So we're officially an angsty teen goth. And you wouldn't understand. Mom. Jeez, mom. Today, we're speaking to two astrologers. Girlboss's resident astrologer and light of my podcast life, Jessica Lanyato. She'll be giving us a lesson in cycles of growth and specifically the cycles of Jupiter return. Because just like Saturn and all planets, Jupiter returns, meaning it goes back to the place it was in our birth charts at the time that we were born. And it can be a really powerful presence. I don't know how much you know about Jessica, but she's been at it for like over 20 years now, and she's kind of a legend in astrology. Our other guest today is a legend in astrology in the making. Jaleesa Cypress has been a full-time astrologer for over a year now, and she's quickly gained a reputation for being a young seer to watch, I guess you could say. She's definitely something of a force if you're dreaming of becoming an astrologer. And like, who isn't? Keep listening because Jaleesa has so many insights into forging a path towards like working for yourself in a spiritual field. But before we get any further, let's just take a sec to breathe deeply, feel into our bodies, close our eyes if it's safe for us to do that and we feel like it and think about what we want to get out of the next 24 hours or so. It's the first day of the week. If you're listening to this on a Sunday, what do you want 
your version of the next day to look like. It could be about today or about tomorrow, just the very immediate future, the moment after right now. A week is like a long time where a lot of wild and unexpected things can happen and we don't know what those things are yet, but we do know where we are right now and how we want to be in the right nows that we feel that are right around the corner. So with that, we're going to call in a little helper I like to call Astrology Card of the Week and we're going to use it as an opportunity to reflect and get some ideas for intention setting when it comes to the week or rather the day because we're all about the present moment ahead. This week, our card is the King of Pentacles reversed. So you may or may not have noticed that we have never had a reversed card come up on the pod before. That's not because I don't read or subscribe to reversals. I do. They just like haven't come up yet until now. I know a lot of tarot readers talk about reversals as representing the opposing energies of the card upright, and I totally respect that. And if that's what you believe, then that's definitely what you'll get. For me, I see reversals as something that's mostly either an excess of something or a blockage of something, depending on what's going on with the cards around it. So with the King of Pentacles... We still have all the power and the potency the King of Pentacles stands for. It's like very much present, but maybe we need to take stock of where we might feel blocked when it comes to this energy and how to access it and what we might want to shift in order to make space for more growth and more of the good stuff. So what's he all about? The Pentacles come up a lot on self-service, which totally makes sense. Pentacles rule the material realm, so earthly stuff, stuff that you can tangibly interact with, with your five senses, food, your home, your body, work, money, but it doesn't really end there. You can think of a king as someone who's reached the pinnacle of success when it comes to action, maturity, being in control of everything and like making their mark on the world. So this is all about like practicality, commitment, the kind of like abundant and fruitful energy that's really put to use in a way that feeds even more of itself, if that makes sense. There's a lot of security and stability on offer here and also a lot of self-worth and generosity, I guess you could say. Reversed, you might find that you're tempted to look at things more rigidly than you necessarily should this week or be more stressed about like a dumb work thing than you necessarily should. You might want to ask yourself, where have I been too focused on the material lately and how can I ease into a position of trust with energies and opportunities that are being presented to me? If you feel like this card's talking about a situation where you're being tripped up, you might also want to think of pondering something like, how can I fall even more in love with what I already have? So... I'm like ready and willing for something even better or on a much more practical level. What do I need to prioritize right now? And what can I let go of freaking out about right now? And if you're someone like me that believes that the universe provides, then just be mindful of that as you go about your life over the next period of time, even when you're super overwhelmed, because that's the theory. But gratitude is really the practice and the path to growth. And that's how you stay a king. 
Our guest today is a life path astrologer, a writer, and an artist committed to decoding the language of the stars. Jaleesa Cypress of Obsidian Moon Astrology has made a name for herself as a young seer. She's been featured on The Hoodwitch, in Essence Magazine, and more. She took the plunge into full-time spiritual entrepreneurship about a year ago now, and I'm feeling super blessed to have her here with us. Jaleesa, welcome. Hi, Jericho. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. I want to start at the beginning. What was your relationship to astrology like growing up? Like, how did you find it or how did it find you? Yeah, so growing up, I mean, I grew up in a Christian household, not super strict, but I definitely went to church every Sunday. So astrology wasn't necessarily involved in my childhood. I was exposed to it just as kind of everybody in America is through like magazine horoscopes, mostly like teen magazine horoscopes and the occasional like mention of it on television. Mm-hmm. But growing up, there wasn't any sort of like special infusion of astrology into my life other than my Aries mother telling me how difficult it was to raise a cancer. So <laughs> there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot explicit in my childhood. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, sort of as I went into my teens, you know, people start to kind of talk about astrology in their teens. You know, it's like mm. people ask you their sun signs or people talk about if it's real or not. And I feel like, you know, teen years are kind of when you start to become, you know, you think you're an intellectual. That's kind of when it started ha- happening a little bit more. And then when I got my first job at a spa in Portland, Oregon, you know, it's a spa. So everyone's pretty hippie. It was like massage therapists and facialists and you know, we kind of all talked about astrology. That's where it kind of became a really routine topic of conversation and mm-hmm. where I started to see it normalized. Mm-hmm. And so then that's kind of when I started like guessing my coworkers' sun signs and like usually getting it right. And so I was like, oh, like, you know, I kind of have a knack for this or people, you know, the people in the spa were like, oh, like Julie certainly likes this stuff. Like, you know, when we talk about it. She's kind of you know, a little, a little more enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's when I really started to see astrology being reflected in the people around me kind of paying attention to people because it was normalized. And so, and also in other people's interactions with each other, my coworkers interactions with each other. So then, you know, after working there for like six months or so, you know, one of my coworkers who was into astrology was like, Oh, there's this conference in San Francisco. An, an astrology conference in San Francisco. And I was just kind of floored. Like, I was like, why would there be an astrology conference? Like, what are they, <laughs> like, what, what would they be talking about? And so that's why, that's kind of, that, that's what sparked my interest in kind of researching astrology as like a deeper practice. And also like, you know, if you can make a whole conference about it, obviously there are, you know, there's something deeper to this than just sun signs. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I had been to various conferences. I'd done a lot of like political work. Um, in my early, early teens, like starting around like 13. And so I knew what conferences were like and I was, yeah. So anyways, I was just really excited at the idea of like, wow, maybe I could go there one day and, and see what that's like. But until then, you know, I was living in Portland. So I went to the huge astrology section in the Powell's bookstore and I just picked out like this chart interpretation book, like this very basic chart interpretation book that I sadly don't have now still in Portland. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of started, I asked my friend if I could read their chart um, because I was, you know, I was looking through this book and I was like, oh, you know, there are all these different aspects. It's not just your son. Mm -hmm. It's your son. It's all these planets and their interactions and all this stuff. So 
I asked them and they were like, sure, you know, they, they didn't know what I was doing. We were kind of going into it together. And I kind of just read straight from the book. It was like, I printed <laughs> out their chart and I was like, this means this, and this means this. And it's, it's a pretty in-depth book. I can't think of the name of it, unfortunately, but you know, it was, it, it became really resonant and really accurate for them in a way that really freaked them out. So <laughs> I was like telling them all these things about themselves and they were really kind of uncomfortable. And then, you know, we didn't talk about it for a week and then they were like, don't ever do that again. Like it was, it was a little too much for them. And so instead of never doing it again, I became really fascinated by the pocket of vulnerability that was opened there Mm, mm. through astrology. Like I was like, oh, wow, like this really had a profound impact on this person. Imagine what that would look like if I like continued to do this or what that might look like on a larger scale. So then I started to read other friends charts and just kind of kept my study from there. And then I moved to when I didn't really make it into like a business or doing it for people I didn't know until I moved to the Bay Area because the Bay Area is like full of people who are super stoked on astrology and always asking your sun, moon, and rising sign. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I mean, from there, I kind of developed the idea, you know, I've, I've always kind of been an emotional caretaker in my life. And so I feel that astrology was a place for me to infuse this thing that I thought was really interesting and really resonant with a skill that I had already been cultivating my whole life. Mm, so, mm. so, you know, from there, the rest is history. I mean, I kind of found a name for myself and then I just set up a simple WordPress and then I started writing new and full moon blog posts just on my own. And mm. then from there, kind of, it's just kind of snowballed. And then, yeah, I took the leap into full time, doing it full time. Yeah. Around a year ago, last the December of 2016. That's so cool. I love that story. I feel like a lot of people listening to this might be burning to take their wellness pursuits full time as well. Mm-hmm. What what kind of like led to you making the decision that you were like, you know what, I'm going to go full time now, like I'm ready. Um, like, how did you know that it was that time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've always, you know, I was a single child and or an only child with a single mother who was very, very adverse to authority. And so I kind of became that way. And so jobs and me just never kind of clicked. I wasn't really, I didn't, you know, when I was working just kind of regular nine to five day jobs, I never understood why we didn't, you know, put client needs over money. Like I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want, I really wanted to connect with people. Like when I worked at a cinnamon roll shop, I was always learning people's names and they're like, how do you already know my name in order? Right. So it was like, and I didn't understand the revenue part. Mm-hmm. And so kind of working in regular jobs didn't allow me to fully connect with people because it was always like, I have to cut off my conversation so I can put in your order. I have to cut off my conversation so we can talk about money. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the last job that I had was in an apothecary and, you know, it was actually a really toxic environment. And so I kind of mm-hmm. was, was kind of pushing like, okay, but I'm, in the best position that I possibly could be in terms of like, I get to talk about astrology and herbs and all of these things and crystals for my job, but it, the environment is not where I want to be. And so how do I move forward knowing that I could talk about these things all day and connect with people in a really genuine way where people are coming back to me and like, Oh, that herb really helps me or, Oh, I want to book whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, doing astrology on the side. 
So, you know, when I was kind of at my breaking point with that job, I, you know, me and my partner talked about it and I was like, I kind of just want to take the leap. I mean, I had no, really no business structure. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I can't go from this type of connection with people just back to something that feels really difficult for me to maintain or difficult for me to connect. So Mm -hmm. honestly, the leap was just about like my mental health and my ability to, you know, really recognize in myself what I was passionate about. And that was connecting with people and, you know, doing astrology on the side. I really loved it. I was learning a lot and my work almost impeded that, right? Like the study Mm -hmm. and and the connection. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I kind of made the leap just out of survival Totally. Yeah. And it probably got to the point where your day job, so to speak, was like you say, getting in the way of (laughs) your real job. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm lucky that I had a partner that was super supportive. You know, that was kind of key for me in the beginning, for sure. Amazing. I'd love to ask you, sir, what do you think of all the media attention astrology is getting lately when it comes to millennials there's all these pieces lately that are like oh millennial loves astrology Uh, millennials love astrology and it means this or it means that do you think young people are actually embracing astrology in a way they haven't done in the past couple of decades or is it more like it's just getting more mainstream attention right now and therefore it's kind of being interpreted as a trend like what's going on here you know it's interesting because i I've seen a few articles and I kind of know what you're talking about, but, but at the same time, I definitely feel like, you know, when you're a teen or when you're kind of entering adulthood, especially in a world that's so, you know, we're so unsure about the future as we are now, you're always grasping for things to identify with, you know, to identify Mm -hmm. yourself with. And Mm -hmm. astrology is literally like, these are the natural traits that you have. These are the foundations of who you are. And so to have something to kind of fall back on, to have something to connect people with, like, oh, I'm a Pisces too, or, oh, like, I hate, you know, Scorpio men, whatever. That, <laughs> that kind of connection piece, that, that resonance that I kind of felt when I started reading people's charts um, myself, I think is what they're tapping into. But, you know, it's heightened when you're at that transitional age because you you know, that's when you start looking for mentors and that's, when you, or that's when you start yeah. going, you know, turning to escapism, like drugs or things like that. Right. It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're grasping at straws for stability. And so I think that astrology mm-hmm. can provide a really incredible sense of stability because it comes from self-assuredness. It comes from self-reflection. And so I don't have a problem with the trendiness of astrology. I think that trends obviously have their downfalls because, you know, it can get really kitschy and really, commercial very easily. But I think that, you know, people kind of digging deeper into who they are and how that connects to these larger, you know, historic kind of eternal archetypes that the different mm-hmm. signs and planets represent. I don't think that, I think that's, I think that's incredible. So I, I definitely think the way that it's done and what information you're getting is all going to influence how astrology is actually applicable to your life. And how if, you know, if it's influencing it positively or negatively, but in general, I think astrology is a great tool for for young people. Yeah, me too. (laughs) How does your work with astrology influence your self-care practices on like a more personal level, I guess, like when it comes to looking after yourself? How does astrology help inform that or for your clients as well? Mm hmm. 
Yeah, so, you know, I think astrology or our birth charts kind of give us a map of our potential. And especially, you know, for me as an astrologer, I look at the stars on a day-to-day basis, right? Like what's happening. And I have an ephemeris, right? That's telling me like what the nitty gritty of like what planets are interacting with what other planets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my astrology practice is for other people is also what kind of informs it for myself. It's kind of, you know, that's kind of a, a reciprocal relationship that I have with it because sometimes I'll post on Instagram or wherever about, uh, you know, today there's going to be some confrontation, like watch out for the ways that you, you know, your expectations for other people. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have a confrontation in my life and <laughs> that same day where I have a confrontation and I'm like, okay, well, how can I, how can I navigate this the way that I've told other people to, right? So at first it was, it, I wasn't as self-aware. It was kind of like, mm. I was posting about things and I was recognizing them in, my, them in my life. And I was like, well, to be the best practitioner that I can, I need to start, you know, using these as kind of the framework or the groundwork for my day rather than kind of catching myself not doing what I'm telling other people to do, right? So mm-hmm. at this point in time, I think that astrology, you know, I, again, I check you know, what's happening in the stars every morning. And then I'm kind of thinking, okay, how can I work with these planetary energies and what's going on in my life right now? Sometimes that's through a journal entry. Sometimes that's through working with a particular herb or, you know, pulling tarot cards in conjunction. You know, I think that it can be really multifaceted. But for me, I really like to also work with moon phases because I'm a Cancer and I'm ruled by the moon. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's very amorphous. I think that mm-hmm. the only thing that I really like to push back up against is like the the urgency around astrology, right? Like, oh, there's an yeah. eclipse today, so I have to do everything that I need to do today. For example, with the eclipse on the 15th of February, I was feeling that energy, you know, that the week before and, you know, a little bit before that. And so I was able to kind of check in with with myself, be self-reflective, do the work that mm-hmm. I needed to do with what was coming up and then use that exact day to its fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's definitely very fluid, but it's definitely informed by what's going on on a minute to minute or time-based system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That's great. Jaleesa, it's been so amazing talking to you about all this. Thanks so much for coming on the show. If people want to learn more about you and your work with Obsidian Moon Astrology, where should they go? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Jaleesa Cypress. And you can find me on my website at obsidianmoonastrology.com. Obsidian like the stone. And yeah, those are great places to get in touch with me. And I feel so grateful to be talking to you today. So thank you so much for having me. Me too. Thank you. Full disclosure, one of the hardest parts of my job is hiring new staff. I know there are these amazingly talented people out there who'd love to work at Girlboss, but it feels impossible to find them sometimes. And I don't want to have to wait for them to come to moi. It's kind of a bummer. But there's an alternative too, and that's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is a platform that helps find the right job candidates for you. They learn about the kind of thing you're looking for, find the people with the relevant experience, and invite them to apply on your behalf. They will even highlight your strongest applicants so you never miss a great match. 
And because they're such a hiring saviour, 80% of employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there, and now you're that much closer to finding them. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, literally free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash girlboss. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash girlboss. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I know you guys already know, but it's not just about where you're going. It's about what happens when you're doing your best to get there. And that's exactly the subject of the Girlboss Radio Network's new six-part series called Lip Stories, presented in partnership with Sephora Collection. We're sharing the candid, funny, and inspiring real-life stories of legendary women in their own words. You'll hear from creators, founders, and all-around thought leaders about their wildest moments, massive mistakes, and incredible memories. Stories that took place while they were putting themselves all the way out there, basically living life to the fullest and throwing caution to the goddamn wind. So search Lip Stories where all good podcasts are found. Tune in with us from April the 12th and celebrate the wild adventures, favorite moments, and legit magical memories that we create when we're living in the moment. That's Lip Stories, presented by Girlboss Radio and Sephora Collection. You may have heard on Instagram or wherever you prefer to get your hot astrology goss that Jupiter is in Scorpio basically all this year. And as someone with Scorpio Sun, Venus and Pluto, I'm pretty happy about that because it's only once every 12 years that you get that kind of thing happening. But what does Jupiter return actually mean and how can we use it to level up as it were? Our resident astrologer, Jessica Lanyato, has all the answers and she's going to give them to us. Speaking of which, if you have a question or a topic that you want us to cover, you can literally just at me, at Jessica, or just use the hashtag selfservicepodcast. And thank you so much to everyone who sent topic suggestions and questions. I hope this one and the ones to come serve you well. Commence, Jessica. Thanks, Jericho. And let us all commence. So today I'm going to talk about Jupiter. So Jupiter is a really interesting planet. You've heard of the Saturn return, of course. It's this big, heavy time of maturization and growth. But did you know that we also all have Jupiter returns? So I should first say that all planets return. Well, all planets return that that move quickly enough to happen during a human lifespan. Basically, what a return is, is when the planet returns to the same degree that it was on the date of your birth, right? Pretty simple concept. In fact, your birthday is the solar return. It's when the sun returns to where it was when you were born. But Jupiter, the Jupiter return is a really exciting and important return that happens to each of us. Now, Jupiter is the planet that governs growth and expansion and higher learning and higher consciousness. Jupiter is a planet that's often associated with being really religious and soapboxing and being self-righteous, but it's also freedom and it's really an expansive planet. A lot of astrologers, when they see Jupiter stuff coming up, will promise windfalls. I can't tell y'all how many times someone's come in for a reading and they've been like, but I read in my horoscope that I'm supposed to fall in love. I'm supposed to be lucky because Jupiter's happening. And 
while Jupiter is often a lucky planet and it can bring us windfalls, that's not all that it does by a long shot. What Jupiter does is it expands and it makes things bigger. And so if things are not safe, if the things are not where you want them to be, if they're not healthy and they're not pointed in the right direction, they just get more of that. And if you're actually doing your homework and you're working on yourself or you're working on projects or parts of your life and Jupiter hits you, it can open up opportunities to expand that. So as always, what you do has consequences. When we look at Jupiter, we can see that every approximately 11 or 12 years, it makes a meaningful aspect. So basically, this is where we return. So it happens, the first Jupiter return is at around 12 years old, then at around 23, then at around 35 years old, and on and on it goes. And these are times of general ease and good luck. These are times when we can expect an expansion of whatever it is that we're doing. And this is really important when looking at the Jupiter return or any other planet in your birth chart where it's sitting. So the sign that it's sitting in and the house that it's sitting in is really important and will give you lots of information about what it'll do for you and what parts of your life it's likely to expand. And of course, natal aspects to your Jupiter will also do that, but that's, you know, for another conversation. So when Jupiter aspects you, when it's returning or when it's forming a transit to anything in your birth chart, it's a time for growth and it's a time for buoyancy. It can also be a time of exaggerated expectations. It can be a time where you take on more than you can handle or you burn too bright. And this is where Saturn and Jupiter kind of diverge. Saturn stuff is about maturity and kind of a wealth of knowledge based on experience. And Jupiter is much more of a youthful planet and has much more youthful energies. And so it's feeling really excited about information and wanting to rush into the world with it or wanting to rush into situations with it. And so something really exciting about Jupiter is that when it's hitting us, we can learn and we're willing to invest of ourselves and we're willing to try things. So this is kind of what makes us lucky. And this is what brings up optimism and opens up doors. If you notice that Jupiter is hitting your chart or you have Jupiter strong in your chart, you can kind of expect that people and situations will present themselves where you can grow and learn. So look for it. That's what I say. Of course, just don't overdo it. That's the trick and key. Off from Jupiter and onto your horoscope. This week is our last full week of uh, that Mercury retrograde that everybody is ready for, to, for it to be done. But we can talk about that a little bit more next week. This week starts off from the 9th to the 11th with a kind of heavy transit. The sun is squaring Pluto. Now, Pluto in astrology is intense. It's the creator and the destroyer. And its energies are obsessive and fixated and really powerful. When the sun squares it, there's often the sense of feeling like you're being pushed to or from something. Feeling bullied or repressed or challenged is really common under this influence because your sense of self is what feels threatened. At the same time, during the same dates, we have a Venus trine to Mars. And this is actually a really lovely transit. It's great for relationships, but the combination of the two is likely to over, the Pluto sun transit is going to overshadow that Venus Mars. And so in English, the indication here is that this transit is likely to really impact us around our relationships. 
you can expect to have to really deal with others or have people need to deal with you in a way that is a bit finessed. So here's the thing. When this transit occurs over the course of this part of the week, you want to make sure you're being honest. You want to make sure that you're not manipulating others, even if you think it's for their own good, because Pluto has a way of boomeranging back to you. So you want to make sure what you're putting out there is what you wouldn't mind getting back. The key here is to be honest without being passive aggressive, to be honest without being insensitive to how it makes others feel. So using diplomacy, good old fashioned Venusian diplomacy. From the 11th through the 15th, we have two transits happening that will really support you in being diplomatic and being empathetic, even more so. Venus and Mars will be sextiling to Neptune. And what this means is that this is going to be a really great time for considering other people's point of view, for being kind to yourself, for relaxing back into your own felt experience or into the situations around you and doing it with kindness. If you've been having an especially rough time, these are some great dates to take a pause and do some real self-care. On the 14th, we have a really important Jupiter sextile to Pluto. Now, this is a transit that's been going on for quite some time, but it will be exact on this date. And it was last exact January 16th of 2018, and it will become exact again in September of 2018. And this is a really powerful period. This is a Jupiter transit that is about meaningful growth or really deep distractions. You may find that you're looking at other people's behavior and they're being selfish, or you think what they're doing isn't right or it isn't righteous. Um, and you may seem that people, it may seem that people are being rewarded for that. It may feel like people are getting away with things that they shouldn't be getting away with. But this is not how it really works. Just because you can't see the outcome of larger situations at this time doesn't mean that you should allow yourself to act out of turn or out of integrity. So the key here is to take this as, a, as an opportunity to look at what needs reform in your life, what needs reform in your attitudes, your psyche, your habits. If you can revision and regenerate yourself and the projects and the people that you're invested in, then you're making the most of this transit. This transit is actually really good for collaboration. So you don't have to go it alone. Pluto often has this drive to go it alone, but that's not necessary, especially because of Jupiter's involvement. So your homework for this week is to remember that growth, real growth, is uncomfortable. It's upsetting, and that's okay. So what I'm going to have y'all do, if you're, if you're down to do some homework, is to create some chill time to get comfortable with yourself. Or if you want to do it with friends, it, this is a great thing to do with other people as well. And ask yourself this question. What do I want to achieve? What is it that I want? Is it more calm? Is it a different kind of job? Do you want to quit a habit? Whatever it is, just get really present with it and ask yourself, what resources do I have available to me to achieve this? Now, the question next needs to be, are you using those resources? And if you're not, do you know why? This is a really important time for you to get in connection with what you're aware of, to become more aware. This is not a great time necessarily for making the plan to do it, but it's a really excellent time to simply reassess and get connected to what's true and what's real for you. 
The questions you should be asking yourself are around, what do I need to do in the present to get where I want to be in the future? And what have I been avoiding because it's uncomfortable? Just ask yourself these questions and get really honest about the answer. And you'll be, there will be a time very soon where it'll be appropriate and kind of fertile for you to do something with these answers. But just come to the truth for now. All right, that's your horoscope and your homework for the week. Tune in next week to self-service where we will give you more, more love, more self-care. And if you want more woo, of course, go to my website, read all the things, listen to all the things, follow me on Instagram and follow me on Twitter. My website is lovelanyato.com and my Instagram and Twitter handles are at Jessica Lanyato. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Thanks to Jessica for the astrology insights this week. And also thank you to Jaleesa for being such an amazing and gracious guest. If you dug this, thank you so much. I'm glad. Please rate, review and share it. It's so appreciated and it makes a big difference and not just to my confidence levels. You can follow at Girlboss Radio to stay across the show and the podcast network. And you can follow me at jerico.mandiba. Bye.